Welcome to episode 10 of Entrepreneur Life with me, Joel Campbell. And I am an entrepreneur. Not quite sure where to start this week. I know I think I start like that every week. First of all, if you're watching this and you can see me, you will see I look a little disheveled, I would say. Um, some might say I look absolutely fucking knackered. That's because this morning I got up um, and I just set my timer. Sorry, set my timer so I don't so I, so I, I time the podcast well so it's not too long and uh, too elongated and too waffly and, and I finish on that. Anyway, this morning I set an alarm for 10 to 4. 10 to 4 a.m. Sounds fucking ridiculous when I say it like that. And it's because the planets were aligning. Um, so there was that the, the, the alignment of, of the five planets and the moon happening. It's uh, this morning that you could see somewhere around quarter past four for, for where I am in the West Midlands. So I decided that it would be a good idea to get up and, and watch it. And Emma got up as well, and my son got up, and we um and yeah, we went to we went to watch it. And uh, initially we went out to the garden, uh, woke the dogs up, so they started kicking off at four in the morning. Um and then we couldn't see it because there was, the, the trees were in the way. Where the moon was, it wasn't quite as south, southeast as it should have been. It was more east, so the trees were in the way. So we went back into the house, looking out of like the bathroom windows, which overlooked east, and there was just clouds everywhere. Um, so we saw a little bit of the moon, didn't see any fucking planets whatsoever. And about half past four, I gave up and went back to bed. So it was... the a proper wasted 40 minutes <laughs> um, other than the fact that I guess it was good for my son to see us kind of do these things and get up to, to do these kind of things and he did it as well he's nine and he got up and then then he went back to bed I went back to bed I went back to bed and got a couple of hours extra sleep but I'm knackered because I did that basically because it disrupted it so that's why I look a little bit disheveled also I'm on a 12 13 hour day somewhere like that today um, and I'm going towards the, the the back end of it now so just yeah a, bit, a little bit haggard but I'm all right um, a few things I, I was going to cover today. If you're listening to this for the first time or you've forgotten what this, this, this podcast, this show is all about, it is about the journey of an entrepreneur as I live and breathe it. So it's not me saying I've you know, got to the end of the journey or I've built this huge business and I've sold it for you know, millions of pounds, I'm retiring off my yachts and stuff. It is... Um, and it's not the beginning stage, not for not for, for, for me anyway, this stage is, you know, I've been doing this for a little while now, but it is about the day-to-day -day challenges, the hardships, all the things you face as a business owner, whether you're at the very, very beginning of your journey or whether you're, you know, a good few years into it, uh, which is exactly where I am, you know, still feeling those pains and going through it. So that's what this show is about. And I'm trying to keep it real. Um, no, in all seriousness, I am. I'm trying to keep it really grounded, really level. And I always record the episodes uh, about two weeks before they go out. So um, today we released episode seven. No, episode eight, sorry, released today at two o'clock. I'm currently recording episode 10. Nine was recorded a couple of weeks ago. It's already edited and ready to go. And it's because things happen in the business day to day and in the week that I need to let settle or need time before I can publicly announce them. And I'm going to talk about that first and foremost today. So I've been talking for a little while about um, uh, the need for me to change what I do day to day and really separate into our divisional model with our businesses. So uh, bringing together our, our, our attractions, bringing together our attractions 
and creating an attraction division basically so the so all of the teams there both in the individual attractions and century that work and support those day-to-day -day, all come together and all work under one umbrella with one person at the top building out the vision the strategy and making it all work really you know, piecing all the bits together for, for the big puzzle effectively um, and I'm really pleased that we've appointed somebody in that role. Um, I've been looking at it for, for a few weeks. I've, I've certainly been you know, building towards it for a few years, but I've been looking at it for, for a few weeks now and um, looking at how we can do it and what we can do. And I'm really pleased because we, we have appointed somebody in that role. Um, I told the team or we, we introduced them to the team on Monday, just gone. Um, and yeah, they, they start on the 1st of July, but they're just settling in. Um, I can announce it now because by the time, I've, by the time this, this, this comes out, it will have been announced publicly anyway. So um, uh, Lauren is going to take over that role. It's a really big step for her. It's a really big step for me. And it's a really big step for us as an organization. Um, I'm not gonna break that down any further really. I don't think I need to. Um, I'm really pleased with the decision. I'm really pleased that Lauren has accepted the job and, and, and is really going to thrive off it, drive it forwards and take it further than I'm able to um, and basically take it on to its next, uh, take it through the next part of its journey. So that will happen by the time this goes out or next, in the next week or so when this goes out, um, she will be in place and it will all be ideally flowing and I'm very confident in the decision I've made. That brings me on to, to two other points that I'm going to talk about tonight. One is I want to talk just a little about um, what, how my brain works and that's because something happened this week that really made me sort of step back and go, shit, I don't think my brain works in the same way as a I'm not going to say normal person, but in the same way as a lot of people's work. I, do, I don't think it works the same. And that's not to say that I'm special, because I, I, by no means not. I'm not special. Um, it's not that I'm particularly different per se in a bad way. It's just that my brain and the way that I look at things is... It is different. I don't know how to. I don't know how to explain it. And I'll, I'll tell you the instance, and then you can you can make a decision for yourself. Once I've done that, I'm going to go on just to talk a little bit more about decisions and decision making, which picks up on last week's of uh, indecisions, but last week's episode of indecisions. But more about. I'm going to try and word this because Paul can cut this into a trailer. As an entrepreneur or a business owner, the person at the top or in a position of decision-making, you are going to have people question your decisions. Rightly or wrongly, people are going to question your decisions, and that is going to have an impact on how you go about things. Don't let it. Continue on as you feel best, because your gut feeling will drive you the right way. Now, I'm going to talk about that more in a sec, but let me step backwards. Um, to talk about the way that I think my brain differs. So um, uh, five days ago, so on Monday, I took my, my son Jonah, my nine-year-old, for his very first golf lesson. So got him a set of golf clubs, um, 
a small set of golf clubs a few uh, two months ago, maybe a month and a half ago, for his birthday, and uh, really wanted to get him out playing golf. I really enjoy playing golf. I'm really crap at it, but I really enjoy it. Um, and I wanted to get him playing, but I didn't want to teach him myself because I didn't want to get him into bad habits because it's a really easy thing to do in golf to get bad habits. So I, so, so I got him a lesson, took him down to, to the local golf club so he could he could go through with other professionals and, and just basically learn how to hold it, how to swing and just get into a good rhythm to begin with. So I took him down and there he was, he was having his lesson. Um, I was watching it, I was taking some photos, taking some videos, checking the odd email. Um, and I was there and he was doing really, really well and I thought he, he did a really good first lesson. I was really pleased with him, he's been practicing ever since, really proud of him and looking forward to getting out and playing. What was happening at the same time is I was watching him and I could see the guy cutting the grass on the mower and I could see somebody else doing some, some, some maintenance on the course. Um, and I was looking at the signs, I was reading the signs, it's a council owned golf course. And I was reading the signs about like the rules and like how it works and the etiquette. And then when we got back to the, um, uh, when we got back to, I, I guess the, the, the clubhouse, um, when, we, when we got back to the, to, the, to the pro shop and stuff, we were outside and he was doing more exercises, Joe was doing more exercises. I was reading some more of the signs. I was looking at the entrance and it's, it's built next to Ballantines, or it's built in, inside Ballantines. So I was looking at all of that, and, and I was just, the whole time, I was thinking about what would we do, or what would I do if we ran or owned this place? How would I change that sign to get more engagement from people? How would I change that to have more brand appeal? How would I adapt this to be more efficient for the customers and for the staff. And I was watching the staff and I was seeing how long it was taking him to cut the grass and you know how wide his cutter was to think about how long it was gonna take him to do the, 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 um, the fairways. And I was trying to add up in my head to do 12 holes because it's a 12 hole course, how long that would take, how much he gets paid an hour, would it be more efficient to have a slightly bigger mower? I was looking at the other guy in terms of tendering around the greens. I was thinking about, you know, is that the best way of doing that? And I was looking then when I was back in the pro shop about the fees and what happens and what sort of staff were doing, how things were laid out. And the whole time I was fully analysing the business in terms of how to improve it, how to make it better and more impactful, whether that be, you know, you know, curbing costs, using more efficient ways, generating more income, generating uh, better bottom line profits, building brand, building a better experience, all the way down to the car parking and the signage coming into the car park. Because I drove past the car park initially because it didn't have a golf club sign, just had a Ballantyne's Health Club sign. And uh, one of my colleagues that I work with says that they go to the gym at Ballantyne's, they hate the golfers because they always take the car parking spaces. And I was chatting to the staff about the car park issues and they were telling me how it's a shared car park where there is some clashing and at different points and off-peak and on-peaks and, and various things. And I just could not shut off my brain to not think like that. And obviously in between, I kept remembering, um, I kept seeing that Joe was having his lesson, taking photos and stuff. But, and then it got me thinking, as I was, I was analyzing that, I was like, we could run this. And, and I was like, we could totally run this. And I was like, how would that feed into our business portfolio? Which division would that sit in? Who would run it? Who would oversee it? Who would we have to bring in? How would we have to expand? What would I have to do to the teams to grow it? What would we have to do financially at Seed Capital? 
who do I need to speak to at the council to get this moving? So who, whose door should I start knocking on? Say, hey, look, you know, this golf course really good. We'd like to take it over. We'd like to put, you know, a 50-year lease on it. We'd like to, you know, do this with it. We'd like to do that with it. We'd like to move it forward. So I'd like to improve the golf shop. I'd like to work close with Ballantyne's group. I'd like to, you know, build this out here, get a better experience, sort out the car parking. And, 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 and before I knew it, I added a golf course into our business portfolio. We have a golf division, uh, we don't. But in my head, that's exactly what happened. And, and I was only there for about 45 minutes. And I couldn't think small either because I, I just, I, I've really, really struggled to think micro in businesses. I always go onto the macro. How do we expand that to be big or to, to grow or to have success beyond a few people? And um, yeah, it, it kind of really got me going. And then before I knew it, I was like, well, we've got this golf course. What other golf courses do we, could we take? And I know during the pandemic, some golf courses struggled, and I was like, I wonder what other golf courses are available at the moment that maybe we could take. And then we have a dual membership, so you have a membership there that you can travel around and do different memberships into club competitions. And 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 suddenly, I built an entire golf division, um, and that is kind of how my brain works. Um, I can't, or I don't switch off from that. I see. I think heavy, heavy detail, and then zoom all the way out to big picture. And um, yeah, I, I find it fascinating and I, and I love it. And my brain moves at a, a thousand miles an hour when I'm in that world. Generally my brain moves actually quite slowly. I'm not a particularly intelligent guy, academically I wouldn't say. Um, but when I get to that kind of approach, a very practical, tiny micro detail, big macro picture, I find actually I come into my own and it's a real, real thing for me and I can see it and I can get it. And I guess one of the challenges I've had now is you know, really allocating the right people to the right places to be able to grow that and develop it under, under a vision, which is why you know, Lauren's going into place. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think, I know that people do look at things like that. Like, oh, well, you could do this or you could improve that. People tell me all the time how I can improve my business. But people don't tend to look at it in the same way as I did. All I saw was opportunity and exciting challenges. Whereas I think a lot of people would look at something like that. I was like, oh, it'd be really cool to, 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 to take over a golf course. They would just see barriers. Oh, well, the car parking's an issue. Well, how are we going to work the staffing? Well, it's going to be really expensive because we've got to we've got to buy loads of grass seed and we've got to have like guys out on mowers and you know we've got to maintain them and then petrol's really expensive and you know we're going to do payroll and well you know how are we going to get off the council? How are we going to pay the fees? And you know I don't know anything about running a bloody golf course. I barely cut my own bloody grass. So you put all those kind of barriers in front of you, and you know that's what says. No, don't do it. And it, that brings me back to last week as well, where I really hammered the, the school system because um, I think schools, they fail people, but they also batter entrepreneurship out of you. They batter that confidence to just go for it. Um, and, and I think that's quite sad. So that's kind of how my, uh, I sort of, I guess I wanted to share that, that little piece because it helps explain what, how Joel thinks um, and what kind of drives me, which you know, may or may not give you some answers to some of the things that, that, that I do and, and some of the chances I take, some of the risks and some of the things that, that really push me forwards. So if anybody from the council is listening and you want to get rid of the golf course, 
give me a shout. Um, <laughs> or if you've got a goal course, you don't want anymore, give me a shout. Um, but no, I'm always on the, the, the lookout, I guess, um, for different businesses that we can get involved in. I guess the challenge is that I always look at scale in terms of how can we scale something? How do we grow it beyond that micro? How do we really, really, really move it? And, and yeah, that, that's what I like to do. Um, okay, let me talk a little bit then because I've, I've only got about, I don't know, 10 minutes left. Um, let me talk a little bit then about uh, the decisions last week we spoke about indecisiveness and you know the importance of making a decision and the impact of the danger of not making a decision is actually worse than making the wrong decision on many many counts. Um, once you've made the decision and this has happened to me in the last couple of weeks um, you are going to get you might not get challenged on it but your decision is going to get questioned and it's going to get analyzed and it's going to get commented on now it might be that you don't get a direct challenge to you for whatever reason um, but you can guarantee that when you make decisions in business big or small people below you to a degree people above obviously doesn't really happen too much in my world because you know i am pretty much the top the top of the tier um, but people below you are going to question the decision you've made. Is it right? Is it wrong? Why is it right? Why is it wrong? And let's, let's pick up on the wrong because that, that happens more often than not that people will obviously question decisions when they disagree with them. They don't question it when they agree with it, they just kind of go with it. Um, and you're gonna have the challenges of knowing there's people around you and knowing that they don't believe that's the right decision. And therefore, is it going to be harder to deliver the choice you've made because you don't have the full support of people? It's a really interesting one. It really got my brain cooking this week in the sense of, um, I'll, try and, I'll try and give an example, but if you decided that you wanted to change a system or a process that you believed was going to enhance customer service, for argument's sake. And the staff that deliver the customer service don't agree with your decision. Therefore, they might not deliver it as well or as impactful as they would should they agree with you. Now, by not delivering it as well as they could do necessarily, that's going to have an impact on the performance, which will have a direct correlation to the decision you made and therefore not give it a fair chance to be proven that you've made the right decision. That's a really weird way of wording it, I know, and I've probably confused a lot of people that, um, just in the way that I've got about us, apologies. But what I'm getting at is question, people questioning your choices is part of the job. Accepting that is part of the job, not wavering is a skill you have to learn through the journey. And it's a skill I've, I have now learned, I've now mastered. And I, and I do say I've mastered it because they say to master something, I think you have to do it for 10,000 hours or whatever it might be. It's like a year, it's like a full year. And I feel I've made decisions for that. I've certainly made that many bloody decisions. Um, and, and I master it in a couple of ways. Sometimes what I do when I'm making decisions is whether, whether I believe I know the right answer or not, or the right direction or not, 
is I'll ask people around me to their opinion and I'll take on that advice and I'll listen to it, I'll take different perspectives and I'll use that to help influence or to educate or to um, support what, what, I'm, what I'm looking to do. Other times I'll be like, that's where we're going and that's it. But I have a really rigid approach that once I've made the decision, right or wrong, that's the choice. You can question it by all means. And if you want to question it, please come and speak to me and tell me directly why you're questioning it. Let me just reset my timer. What I don't accept is people questioning it behind my back, trying to influence other people, building negativity because Joel hasn't got a fucking clue what he's talking about and that's not the right decision and I know best because rah, 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 whatever it might be. I'm not being negative when I say the rah, rah, rahs, it's just, just the terms. Is I will not accept that and I will come down really hard on that type of behaviour because I find it's really negative, it's really disruptive, it's really not helpful to the growth and the development of the organisation. And actually I find it quite disrespectful because I like to think that my door's relatively open, my teams and, and teams below can contact me and I will always listen with an open mind and a calm breath to people that come and are honest and, and take that approach. It's only when you go behind the scenes and stir that I'm gonna get you know, quite forceful. I'm gonna get quite, you know, I'm, you're, gonna, you're gonna run me up the wrong way. And, and you know, I've got a very, very hard line on that. Um, but yeah, I think it's a case of being confident. I guess what I'm getting to is about being confident in once you've made the decision plow forwards keep going and don't let don't second guess yourself and don't let others influence the second guessing now if you get to a point where you've made the wrong choice or you need to adapt the decision change the decision go back on what you've done do not be afraid to do that it is far better to turn around and go i've made a slight mistake here i've made a complete fuck up i've made a massive screw up and we're gonna change that decision and go a different direction. There is nothing wrong with that. And being able to say that and do that, I think is one of the biggest key factors to successful business owners, entrepreneurs, managers, leaders across the board. Being able to accept and admit that you've done it wrong and then adjust to do it right. Because if you continue plowing down a road that you know is wrong, once you know it's wrong, you got no fucking business making those choices, none whatsoever, um, and you should be removed from position, whatever whatever position you're in. You shouldn't be making, continuing down that line once you know you're in the in in, in the wrong decision. It, it should change, um, and that's kind of it, really. I just I just kind of wanted to share, and those things have happened this last this last couple of weeks. Um, it's been a tough, tough couple of weeks, if, if, if I'm honest. Um, my gran, my, my last surviving grandparent, passed away um, uh, ten, 10 days ago. Uh, and that was, that's, that, it has been difficult. I mean, my, my gran has actually been in a home for a, for a few years. She's, she's suffered from dementia. And I don't, I don't know whether I should share this or not. It's, it's not just for me to share, but... Um, 
I, I saw my grandma a, a couple of years ago. She was she already had had dementia and was, was struggling to remember who people were and have conversations. And she'd had a fall and she was in hospital. And I went to visit her in hospital and my aunts were there. And um, and they, they said to me beforehand, hey, just be just be aware. She's probably not going to know who you are. You know, it's going to be a random conversation. She's been talking about like her childhood a lot today and, and you're very mixed up kind of stories about what's going on she doesn't really recognize her son my uncle anymore and so she just, they were just like just just be prepared okay and i walked in and, and, and i went and sat by her bedside and i said hello and and um and and she recognized me and she knew who i was and, and i was there for about 25 minutes maybe half an hour and we had a, a a long conversation about um you know when i was a child and spoke about when we went sailing uh, when my granddad was still alive and spoke about different things that we'd done and, and and stuff like that and my aunts were just like wow you got really lucky that you got her on a, a really good day in the end that she just it just kind of everything sort of clicked and she i got to have a really good conversation with her where she knew what was going on she knew who i was and, and it was it, it was it was really nice and i haven't actually been to see her for the last couple of years in the home because i know that when the rest of my family have been seeing her, my aunts my uncles my mum my my sister my cousins um you know she never knows who any of them are um and that's really really hard it's really hard for them it's really hard for her dementia's an awful awful disease i guess uh, and i just was able to hold on to that last conversation i had with her which was so normal and nice and and because of that i didn't feel that i kind of wanted because i've seen my other grandparents in in you know the stages of, of sort of dementia and stuff and, and i didn't really want that with with, with my mum um, I, I call my grandmum. Um, so I, I didn't really want that with, with, with mum. And, and so I hadn't been to see her for a couple of years and she, she'd been, you know, progressively getting worse. And she, she was, she's, she's, you know, she's into her 90s, so she's not young. And yeah, she, she passed away 10 days ago. So I think that's been quite sad for all of us. We've got a funeral in a couple of weeks. Um, and I haven't told my team about that. I've had a conversation with Lauren. I've had a conversation with Shelley. Um, and that's really it, not because I don't share those kind of things, because I do, but because it's not the burden for my team to take. And I don't want them to have a different approach to how I'm thinking, but it was difficult. It did affect my performance for a couple of days. Um, and I know that, you know, there was a few meetings I was in, the things happening at the time, and I didn't perform to the level I should have done. Um, and that was difficult. And I think, you know, you, you have to come back to realising you're, you're only a person at the end of the day, you're only human. And there's only so much you can do and only so much one person can, can bring, I guess. And I don't know what I'm trying to say there. It's, it's important that you feel happy in an organization especially at the top of the organization you've got people around you that you can share certain things with and share the burden because making decisions and choices is hard and i guess i'm getting back on full circle here to the fact that i'm really pleased that as a business whether we go whether we go on for years and years and years or whether we go bankrupt in a, in a month i'm really pleased and proud that we've got to a point where we've been able to build an entire division 
and we've now got employees and people running that entire division and, and Lauren's now coming into place and can, can drive that forwards. And I think that's a really positive that's come out of that. And if there's any, any I guess, positive to, any, any positive outlook that I can pick up on from, from my grand passing away, which obviously is a, is a hard thing to sort of say and to analyse, is that it's really helped me to realise that I've got some really good, strong people around me that care, not just about what we do as a business, but also care about me and what's going on. And I think that's really important to have in a company. And that helps fuel the ethos of being employee-centric, of you know, putting our people first, because I think that's what helps to breed that kind of support and that kind of, um, yeah, I guess support system is the best thing to say. So anyway, look, I've, I've gone completely off kilter from where I was. Random episode, I know. But as I said at the beginning, the whole point of this podcast is that it's real. It's in the now. It's in the moment. It's not down the line, you know, 50, 100 million pounds selling of the company or whatever it might be, sitting on a boat or a beach talking about, you know, I remember this time I remember making that decision. It is the hard, nitty fucking gritty as it goes. And it is hard. And I, I met with somebody this week. Um, I met with, with, with a friend uh, of ours who was, who was thinking of starting a business and I was chatting to her about what she wanted to do. And actually I had an email from somebody else. I was talking to, to, to her about starting a business and asked some questions. And, and, and I quoted this to them, which I, I, I talk about in the different podcasts. When you start a business and when you go through that journey as an entrepreneur, you're gonna have the highest of highs and the lowest of lows but it's one hell of a journey. And I wouldn't change that for the world. Even the lowest of lows, I will take those because the highest of highs are amazing. And I said, the trick is, and you know you've got it right and on a balance when the highs outweigh the lows. And for me, that's where I currently am. Um, might not always be like that, but that's where I am now. And I'm, I'm very pleased about that. And I like to think that's the same for our staff and that our people wake up in the morning not not overjoyed not pleased but happy that they've got a good job that they enjoy and it's a nice environment to come and work in um, and that's it that is episode 10 of entrepreneur life with me joel campbell and i am an entrepreneur